This is Corey Willis with PVI, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. This is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Cass from Diesel Doctor of Tennessee, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today. We want to thank you for the tremendous response we had to our Ultimate Callout Challenge episodes. If you missed them, you definitely got to go back and listen. We chatted with as many competitors as we could before the event and got their thoughts on how they prepared, not just the last couple days, but sometimes for the whole year, and the companies that helped them and the people and what their goals were. And the event was a huge success. It was really cool to be able to chat with all the different teams and the guys with different trucks and everything like that and get a really unique experience and, and look inside the preparation for the biggest event in diesel so make sure you go on itunes youtube or your favorite podcast app and you can hear those we want to thank alligator performance as well for allowing us to cover the live build and talk with them about the parts and everything that was going into the to the trucks themselves and they came out amazing so make sure you go and follow alligator performance on instagram check out what their 67 cummins and the three liter power stroke f-150 um how it turned out that they look really awesome don't forget as well, if you go to alligatorperformance.com, use podcast five at checkout, get 5% off your order and get a swag pack. And if you call in, you got questions on your build, something like that, just mention that you heard this on the Deese podcast and they'll hook you up. We also want to thank Chote Engineering as well. If you watched UCC or any of the, the qualifier uh, events, you know that a built engine is really important for performance, but also for a daily driver work truck, something you're towing with every day. You know, you get higher miles on it, you might need a short block or a long block. You got to go check those guys out. Hit them up at 901-553-9847. They've got Cummins, Duramax, and PowerStroke upgraded engines, and they're doing a ton with head work as well. Get more airflow and lower EGTs and help spool some of those aftermarket performance turbos. On today's episode, we're going to be chatting with Garrett, and he's a Diesel Podcast fan. He reached out to us on Instagram, and this is a topic we've wanted to do for a long time, and that's... Is a thousand horsepower daily driver reliable? Can you, you know, use that truck for work? Do you want to drive it across the country? Do you feel confident enough in making that kind of power and having a platform and a truck that'll handle it? So we're going to talk to him about that today and also get into how do you find a good truck to buy? The the market out there can be really crazy with prices and you know, different modifications previous owners had done and different things like that. So we're going to talk to him about finding the truck, how he built it, and tips for how we save money along the way. All right, let's get to this podcast with Garrett talking about a thousand horsepower daily driver. Garrett, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. I'm excited to to chat with you today, and I, I definitely appreciate you reaching out to us on Instagram to to tell us about your Cummins build. And I know there's a lot of listeners out there that are going to love to hear how you how you got into it and then how you built the truck and not breaking the bank, so to speak, while you did it. So you know, making smart purchases and working towards a goal. Right. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. It's going to be uh going to be a fun one for sure. Now, was this your first diesel truck or what was the first diesel truck you had? Was it, was it a Dodge Cummins as well or? Yeah. So the first diesel truck I had was, uh, you know, your typical 1999 uh, Dodge Ram 2500 second gen, you know, five speed, uh, you know, just the typical, you know, Cummins fanboy uh, truck that everybody starts out with usually. Um, that was my first one, and then I've had, you know, probably five or six other ones throughout the years. And now I ended up with a 2006 Dodge Ram 2500 uh, Mega Cab. Now, when you were looking for that truck, what what made you gravitate towards 
the 06? Was it the common rail? Was it the body style? Was it, say, the power goal you had in mind, and that was the best platform to build towards that? Right. So I, I always have a thing for white trucks. Um, white trucks are, uh, are my thing. Um, I know I needed a white truck. I wanted a common rail. Um, and there was just uh, something about the Mega Cab that I just, I really liked. That what you know, you could fit, you know, all your friends in the truck. You know, they want to, you're starting to build a crazy truck. Everybody's, oh, take me for a ride, take me for I said, you know, if I get a single cab, I'm going to have to take these guys for 100 rides. So that way, <laughs> so I, I need a Mega Cab, right? I could take them all for one ride and be done. I don't have to keep beating up on my truck. So I knew I needed a white truck. I, I like the Mega Cab for that factor of having uh, a lot of room. And, yeah, in 06, I just I like the big headlights on 06. Um, and then the common rail. It's just easy to get power with if you can get uh, get your tuning down right on that. So that was the basis around getting, a, you know, a 2006 and uh, having the common rail. Now, when you got it, was it bone stock or did it have some upgrades done to it? No, the truck was actually so. I was I was sitting uh you know on my phone one day looking around because I knew I wanted to buy that truck, and I saw it posted 58 minutes ago, right? I looked, I said, you know, I've seen this truck around. A lot of people have seen it. It's actually used to be Greg A's brother Andy's truck. So I was like, you know what? This is this is the one. 58 minutes up posted. I called him right away. I was like, yo, I'm coming to buy this truck. And that, the next day I went there, I went there with cash and picked it up. I said, uh, you know, it's got a built trans. It had a S475 on it, and it had uh, injectors. And I didn't really have to do anything to the truck. You know, it probably made around 750 for the wheels. And I was like, this is the one. I, and really, because it was white, it hit all my, you know, all my uh, points that I wanted. It was a white truck mega cab and also the big thing for me too is if i got an automatic it had to be a good built automatic transmission because that's where i saved a lot of money on building a truck like this that's a it's it's a really good point you just made i think a lot of listeners out there they're they like that body style you know it could be 03 to 07 but it seems like the 06s and the early 07s before they switched over to the 67 is really popular. And, you know, when I guess looking at, at that truck, knowing who owned it, you, you knew that the parts were, you knew it had good parts, you knew it had a good build. Right. But what kind of tips or things would you tell people that are out there and they're, you know, browsing different sites or something like that? And somebody says built trans or somebody says upgraded turbo. What are some things you would look for? if a truck's been modified to say, you know what, it's got a good platform. I can, I can, I can go with this. I can, I feel comfortable, you know, buying this truck. Right. So I'm very hesitant on buying trucks that have been modified by people already. Um, but you know, I, I know Greg is a local guy. I know he does good work. And I was like, you know what, let me, let me go check this out. So I checked it out and like, you just want to have a good, if you're going to look for a truck that is, has modifications already, um, you know, do your research on the parts that it has. You know, like the truck had a, a Muldoon Stage 4 transmission. 
in it when I bought it. And that was a huge selling point for me because that's, you know, that transmission is not cheap. Um, and it would also work because it would be able to handle where I wanted to bring the truck in the future. Um, I just say do your research on it. You know, if you if you don't know, you know, reach out to people and, and uh, talk to them because they're more than willing to help you nine times out of ten. Um, just having, you know, having a good foundation for the truck is really uh, something that you want to look into. Now, when you, so you got this truck and it's say, you know, 750, 800 horse, what was your goal? Where did you want to take it from there? So knowing what the truck had in it, uh, you know, having that transmission, I said, listen, I could probably take this truck up to about a thousand horsepower reliably. Um, that's where I wanted to go with the truck. I don't want, you know, I didn't want, you know, 12, 13, 1400 horsepower because for me, it's just not what I was looking for. I'm looking to build a truck that I can get in every day, drive it to wherever I want to, you know, have leather interior, heated seats, air conditioning. I want the whole nine. I want to get in the truck and be able to go wherever I want. And I still want the power, you know, to beat up on anything that's on the street and, and have a fighting chance and, uh, you know, say, hey, man, I just got smoked by an 8,000-pound truck. So <laughs> that was that was part of my, my goal for what the truck was, just to have a really badass street truck um, that I can take anywhere I want. And we were chatting a little bit about this beforehand, and and it, it I think it hits on what we all want as diesel enthusiasts. It's like there's almost three categories. You know, there's like you leave the truck bone stock and you just, you know, not really into the power, it's just bone stock. And then on the other end, you got the 1,500, 2,000, 2,500 horsepower, pretty much dedicated race trucks. But I think the majority of us kind of fall in the middle where, like you said, we want to we take to the track. We want to have fun. We want to feel comfortable driving, you know, one to five, six, seven states or across the whole country taking a trip and kind of have the best of both worlds. And that's, I think that's where the five, nine common rails really shine is there's such a great platform to build. There's so much you can do with them and you can, you can do it efficiently. You don't have to spend tons of money. I mean, it's going to cost some money, but you know, it's not, it's not crazy money to be able to, to hit, you know, a thousand horsepower on one. Right. For, for the average working guy, you know, it's it's a very obtainable goal to have. You know, you can you can build an 800 to 1100 horsepower truck for a very reasonable price. Um, you know, and that is if you're doing a lot of the work yourself too. You know, you're going to pay a shop a lot of money, which there's nothing wrong with that. If you have the money to do it and you don't have the ability, then yeah, pay the shop to do it and make sure you go to a good shop. But that's where I saved a lot of the money is by doing all the work myself on, on this build. If you can walk us through how you did that. So say, you know, when you're going from the power level, the truck was at to where it's at now, what were some strategies or some tips and, and things that, that you use to be able to efficiently build towards that power goal, but then also keeping reliability in mind because that's so important. Right. So the way I went about it is I said, listen, I need to, I need a plan, right? So I wrote I wrote down exactly what I want the truck to do. 
I wrote down all the parts that I think I would need to build this truck. And I started out by just gathering some supporting modifications. You know, you could slap a giant turbo on the thing and, and, you know, make it run for a little bit. But if you don't have the supporting modifications to hold the power, it's never going to work. So I said, you know, the truck already has head studs. It has push rods. It has valve springs. Uh, it's got a lift pump. It's got bigger injectors, you know, bigger CP3. Um, I'd had, I had some parts laying around. So I wasn't going to go too crazy with it, but I said, you know what, let me just throw this turbo on there because there was a dyno event coming up uh, that I wanted to attend. So I got, a, I had a S488, it's an 8896 with a 115 housing. Very big turbocharger, right? Very hard to spool up. Mm-hmm. Um, I put it on. I did a couple other things. Uh, I made, custom, you know, I had a, uh, one of my buddies made me some custom intercooler piping for it, and really that's all that's all I did. I put a put a single turbo on it, did the piping, did a couple little other things just to make it how I want, you know, electric fans, stuff like that. I went out to that dyno event, and uh, I I put down a pretty decent number. It was around 900 horsepower. Uh, the tuning wasn't right on it, so. That was over the winter. Um, we regrouped. We came back. I said, you know what? This engine has 300,000 miles on it. I want the thing to last me for the summer. So I said, listen, we're pulling this engine out. I pulled the engine out. Uh, cylinder number, what was it? It was actually, no, it was uh, the main bearing on cylinder six. So the thrust bearing, it wound up coming out in three pieces. And I had no idea that it was like that, which is, you know, from me beating on it so much, spinning the high RPM. Um, I pulled it out. I said, good thing I pulled it out because I just saved myself a ton of money because this thing would have windowed the block fairly soon. So, I, like I said, I had my plan. I guess started getting all the supporting parts for it. And uh, I wound up putting a new engine in it this, this uh, past winter. What kind of what kind of upgrades did you do to the engine before you put it back in? So, it was a pretty simple build, really. It's nothing too crazy. So I pulled the engine out, tore it all down, inspected all the parts. Uh, the cylinder head looked good. I brought it to the machine shop, and they just magnafluxed it, made sure it had no cracks in it, put it back together. I didn't deck the head. I didn't do a valve job, not, nothing like that. Still reused the valves, you know. Um, I took the block to the machine shop, hard honed the cylinders, and hot tanked it. That's all I did for the block. Um, I took the crank, had him polish it for me, and then I went back together with Clevite H bearings, um, a new set of main main bolts. I had 12 valve rods that I had balanced and uh, and honed. I got ARP rod bolts. Uh, Clevite H bearings for those rods, and then I actually reused the pistons from this engine. There was nothing wrong with them. You know, 300,000 miles, and that just goes to show that uh, Cummins really knows how to build a pretty decent engine. So I reused those pistons, put a new set of rings in it, gapped the rings uh, for what I wanted to do with the truck, maybe throw a little bit of nitrous at it at some point, and 
I put a cult camshaft in it actually with their tactics. Um, it's a 189-218 cut on the camshaft, which is, you know, I, I've had a long conversation with Jeff from Colt Cams about that, and he actually doesn't advertise that camshaft on his website because he says it's a 50-50 shot that it's going to clear with uh, without valve release and the pistons. And I put it in. I measured the piston protrusion and the valve recession, and I was like, you know what? It's going to work. I got lucky. So we put that together. Um, I reached out to Manton. Trevor at Manton is a, a huge piece of this. He hooks me up with a lot of good products, man. He, I'll tell you what, every time I open up a box of his stuff, I'm impressed every single time. So I got new Manton valve springs, uh, trunnions, uh, valve bridges from him, push rods. I was actually running his 916th push rods in there, and we're having a little bit of an issue with them, so we stepped it down to the half-inch size, which there's nothing wrong with that. They're going to be more than anything that I need. And uh, that's pretty much it for for the engine. I mean, like I said, it's got stock pistons, 12-valve rods, good set of bearings, polish the crank, and a cam. Uh, the, the head is really it's stock besides the valve train stuff one of the well there's actually two parts of diesel performance that i think a lot of people can struggle with <clears throat> the first is the transmission and the second is the engine and the reason i say that is well maybe the engine's kind of 50 50 but it's like you put a built trans in your truck it's not like a whole bunch of guys are going to want to stand around and climb underneath of it and look at it and talk about it. You know, it's just kind of there, but you feel it. Like, it, it's such an important part of the whole process. But then two is the engine. And, you know, say if we're not taking into account how it looks or, you know, anything like that, it's like, you know, the bearings and the cam and that sort of stuff. You're not seeing it. But what kind of difference do you notice with you know, after you did the engine build, was it, was it smoother? Did, as far as performance, how quick the, you know, the, the, the charger would come up? What kind of differences did you notice where you could tell someone if they're kind of on the fence, hey, do I want to spend this money? Um, you know, this is the difference you're going to notice. It's totally worth it. Right. So the camshaft, it's, it's hard to notice that it's helping, but it definitely helps. Um, I don't think it necessarily helps the turbocharger, in my case, spool up uh, any any bit quicker. Um, maybe a little bit. Nothing that I can notice. But the thing that really helped with uh, with getting that getting that charger to light is uh, I, I restalled the torque converter to about it was a 2000 stall when I bought it, and when I put that big charger on there, it just would not come up for the life of it. So I restall, I got to restall to 2600 and I also switched to a uh, full manual valve body. That was a key factor in, uh, in getting that turbocharger to have the drivability on the street. Um, you know, a lot of guys like to do the side draft on, on the cylinder head and port the head and get it to flow as much as you can. You know, that just, for this specific build it was just not in the budget for that because that definitely costs a lot of money um 
What I did do, though, to help in that is I got a an intake plate from Black Market Performance. It's from a QSB-style uh, engine, and it's a three-and-a-half-inch inlet. And I did... I did an on-three performance intercooler that was three-and-a-half in, inlet and outlet, and then vibrant V-band, uh, uh, vibrant band and clamps, rather, throughout the whole truck with three-and-a-half-inch piping. So I think that helps get a lot of the air, uh, you know, to the cylinder head as much as, as much as I can without chopping off that intake shelf. So I think that helped. And then that camshaft really helped uh, up top, you know, in, in the in the higher end of the the power band, um, and also a little thing that I like to do is mess around with the valve lash on that truck. A lot of you know common spec is 10 on the intake and 20 on the exhaust. So I I'm running it at nine on the intake and and maybe 15 or 16 on the exhaust. I like to get that one down pretty close on the exhaust. So I think that helps a lot. I've messed around with it at at 10 and 20, and at 9 and 15 or 16, you could feel it come up a little bit quicker just from being able to, you know, knowing what it was and how it, how I have it now. I think that really helped a lot because you're getting a lot more, uh, you know, well, not a lot, but you're getting more flow from the valves when you're opening them up uh, a little bit more like that. So I think that played a big part in getting that charger to come up faster than it did i think you know with with diesel performance and especially especially with the five nine common rails is a lot of people that are getting into diesel they gravitate towards them they're almost the holy grail of, of diesel performance in a sense that you don't have as many emissions requirements as the newer ones the aftermarket's been around for a really long time and there's a lot of new owners that are that are out there you know trucks could be stock could be modified maybe just got a you know program or something on them but what would you what would you tell somebody who's who's new to diesel performance you know they might listen to this podcast they might you know, get magazines and read or go on forums and social media and all that kind of stuff and i think i think they can be intimidated a little bit by it they think oh it's going to cost me 100 grand it's going to cost 75 grand it's going to be unreliable all these sorts of things and and they can almost stop before they get started. But, you know, your build and what you've done with it, I think, can really inspire those people. But I wanted to get, you know, your feedback and, and your insights on, you know, what would you tell someone like that? What, what would you tell them when they have this truck and, and, and they want to go fast? They want to have the best of both worlds. And, and maybe they think they can't do it. Maybe they think they don't have the money to do it. Right. Well, a big thing is, uh, you know, just trying to source, uh, you know, the, the, the parts that you need, trying to find the best deals that you can. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of parts that I, that I get are not, I don't want to say they're new, but they're, they're, uh, slightly used sometimes. Uh, and that, that definitely plays a big factor in, you know, keeping the cost down on it. And, and also, like I said, having, uh, obtainable power goal is a big thing too because that's also going to factor into your budget you know you want to build a 2,000 horsepower truck that's going to cost a lot of money um but it also comes into buying the right truck too uh you got to look at at when you're buying that truck is you know 
is the front end good? Are the brakes good? You know, how are the, all, all the U-joints on the axles? You know, what kind of transmission is in it? Because right off the bat, you're going to go out and buy a truck that has, you know, 150, 200,000 miles on it. That's for, between the front end and doing brakes and just little stupid stuff like maintenance stuff, you know, wearable items, that's going to cause, you know, cause you to spend a lot of money right off the bat. So it, I think where it starts is buying the truck right for the right price and buying the, you know, the right truck, essentially. Um, that's, where, that's where I think it all starts. You know, if you're going to buy a truck that has higher mileage, make sure the front end is good. You know, try and find one that has a built transmission from a reputable company. Um, try and find one that doesn't have a lot of rust and try and get it for a good price. So I think that's uh, a lot of the younger guys out there that are looking to get into it. Try, you know, set yourself a budget. Say, I have, hey, this is how much money I have to work with. Try and find a truck that is in your budget range and try and get the most bang for your buck, really. That's, that would be the best advice I would give to somebody. Um, and then try and try and get parts, you know, secondhand parts or nothing wrong with that at all. Um, just make sure they're good. You know, there's a lot of guys that are selling bigger injectors and bigger, you know, CP3 pumps on, on Facebook Marketplace. And, you know, I run, I run a couple across a couple of them that, you know, they send them out to Exergy, they get the pumps tested, they come with a flow sheet, you know, injectors have flow sheets that you can go. It only costs a couple hundred bucks for them to send it out. So, you know, if you're buying used injectors for a common reel, make sure that, you know, you're getting a flow sheet out of them because that tells you, hey, these injectors were just sent out and they're most likely going to be good and I feel comfortable using secondhand parts on it, something like that. So that would be some of my advice on, you know, if you're looking to get into it. That's a really good point you made about the truck. And when you were, when you were talking about it, it reminded me of a situation I had not long ago is I think sometimes, you know, you get bit by the diesel bug, right? And someone, you know, I had a, a friend and he, he honed in on a five nine common rail. And he's like, hey, I found this 05. And he's like, there's no rust on it. It didn't have that many miles. And he's like, I think the person who owned it was like a construction supervisor or something, just drove around to job sites. Things would be a great platform to build. I'm like, all right. And um, he's like, hey, you know, come take a look at it with me. So we go, and it was clean. I mean, it was a dark gray, nice paint, no rust. Interior was clean. It was a really clean truck. We take it out for a spin, and the turbo squealing so it's like all right well it's gonna need a turbo it goes to you know the one two two three shift they're delayed there's flares on it like there's a transmission gets up to temperature it's you know we're parked and uh take the oil cap off and there's a ton of blow by and it's right. like just because the truck's clean just because you know the paint's immaculate interior's immaculate doesn't mean that that's necessarily the truck to buy. I mean, that's a right. transmission, probably an engine and definitely a turbo that you're going to have to budget into the cost. And I think that's where a lot of new diesel owners or enthusiasts can, can sometimes 
I mean, unfortunately, it can all, it can almost kill the the enthusiasm and the passion. Is you get a truck like that, spend good money, and now you're 15, 20 grand into just fixing it, and you haven't even got yeah. to the performance yet. You you haven't even got to the goal that you wanted. You've just been putting money into it just to get it running and driving, so you can have something decent to work off of. You know, you, that's and, and you know the shame of it is is that. A lot of these guys out there that are selling trucks, they've gotten real good at hiding stuff too. Mm-hmm. You know, that's and that's where it comes back to talking to you know talking to people. Get your knowledge up, man. You know, really really get involved in it and 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 start learning about this stuff before you make that purchase. Do your research because you can get really really upside down on these trucks real quick. I've seen it happen millions of times and uh that's that's probably where a lot of people get turned away from it and um you know it's it just comes back to buying the truck right and uh i i bought plenty of trucks over the years and like i said my first truck that's what it was i learned i learned the hard way because it was front end brakes oil pan vp44 you know injectors the whole nine before I could even, you know, get into the power, I spent $10,000 on just getting the truck, you know, safe to drive again. So I think it all comes down to buying right the first time, you know. That's that's where I would go. It's always really tough with the, the Dodge market, too, because it's like the guys use their trucks hard, you know, where you can find some nice, clean, older Duramax trucks. You know, and they're they're not really that modified per se. You know, or some Fords, yeah. but it's like the Dodge Cummins. It's you know, people buy it because of the engine. It's not so much the truck, and they they work them hard and they use them, and it can be a bit more tricky to navigate than some of the other brands that are out there. But yeah, I think that's an awesome point that that you made. And I mean, really, the parts is is kind of easy. You know, you can find the deals. You you know, there's plenty of information for the brands and and the strategies to how to build it, but if you don't get the right truck. The aftermarket is so, so, uh, so broad in this industry. You know, these guys are coming out with top-notch parts every day, and they, they are testing them to the breaking point. You know, you see some of these bigger guys out there, uh, you know, competing in all these competitions, and they're putting out new products every, every day. You know, you can't, I can't even keep up with all the products that are coming out now. And, the, the parts are the easy part, you know. Mm-hmm. You can find parts, you know. They, there's a recipe that people have been using for quite some time now to make the power. It's not hard to make the power, but it's hard to find the right truck. I have a buddy right now looking for a truck, and I'm trying to help him. And he doesn't, you know, he's looking for a third gen, and he wants something that he can drive, you know, every day, just like my truck. And He's having a hard time finding a truck, man. They're 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 starting to come few and far between. So if you find a good one, you you should you should pay for it and and really really hop on that deal and try and get it because they're they're becoming quite hard to find actually. It's one of my favorite parts and something I'll do. You know, I got some downtime or something. I love looking at trucks. I, yeah. I don't know why I just, I might not even be in the market for one or, or you know, no one I know is asking me for help or anything, but it's so, it's so cool to see what's out there and then just 
you know, trying to find the deals. And, and we've done some episodes in the past about that. Like we did one recently with complete performance talking about 94 to 97 power strokes. And they're like, man, it is so easy to find nice ones because in general, they're not hot rotted. You know, it's not like right. a 12 valve where somebody turned up the pump and they've been racing it for 10 years or 15 years or something like that. And, you know, but they have higher mileage. We're in Texas. Everything's far, you know, it's such a big state that the trucks are going to have higher mileage, you know, in different regions, different salt on the roads, not salt on the roads, all that kind of stuff. And, and it's, I could talk about that for hours, but yeah, I think, definitely. That, <laughs> I think that's a really, really helpful point that, that you made. And, you know, for our listeners out there, they're like, man, I, I want to get into this, you know, and we focus on the parts and how do I get the deal on the transmission or what do I do with the turbo? Get the truck first, make sure it's good, make sure it's solid. And, you know, if it needs a little body work, body works cheaper than a built engine and built transmission. Doing an engine all yeah. day. <laughs> you could, you could replace a bed for about three grand and have a beautiful bed. And then the rest of the truck will just fall together, you know? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Now, for our listeners out there, they want to check out your truck, and they might have some questions for you. They might want to ask you about your build and different things like that. Where can they find you on social media? Yeah, you could uh, you could follow my Instagram. It's uh, G underscore Merm, M-I-R-M, or you could follow me on Facebook. is Garrett Merman. Um, you could definitely check that out because that's where I, on Instagram I post. 95% of my stuff, you can see the truck doing a bunch of holes on the, you know, on the dyno, on the highway, whatever you want to see. Um, it, that's, that's where I post all that stuff. It, it's uh, pretty neat stuff on there. Well, it was, it was cool to, to chat with you in depth about, about the truck and, and, uh, you know, get some tips and some things you learned through, through modifying it and, and really, you know, finding the truck and, and getting a good, a good platform you know, to build off of, and you'll have to keep us updated on the, on the truck, how the setup holds up. If you change it, you know, some, you know, maybe you decide you do want 1500 horsepower one day or something. Yeah, I think it's, <laughs> it's starting to look that way because, uh, you know, some people are, are getting, getting competitive around here. We got a lot of, a lot of guys local to me that are bringing their power up and I might have to step it up a little bit. So, the plans might change, but it's definitely going to be a dedicated street truck. So instead of a thousand horsepower, we might be have a have a fourteen hundred horsepower street truck. So you never know. But I'd like to be able to keep it re- reliable enough to be able to drive it on the street still. Well, we we appreciate your time today, Garrett, and chatting with us. And thanks again for reaching out and and uh, letting us hear about the build and you know, what you're doing with the truck. Yeah, sure, man. I had fun. Thank you. Don't forget, diesel fans, make sure and head on over to alligatorperformance.com. Use Podcast 5 at checkout, get 5% off your order and a swag pack as well. And if you need an engine, whether it's for your race truck, daily driver, tow truck, anything like that, make sure and hit up Chote Engineering. Those guys over there know what they're doing. Uh, They've been on the podcast a, a bunch of times and share a ton of knowledge with us to help give you guys the information you need to make a smart decision when you're looking to either get a short block or a long block. Till next time, keep the shiny side up.